I think the most excited guys on the sideline were Mike Evans and Jameis. You know, when they saw the when they saw the two completions and Matt make the kick and they're going crazy. So you know, it bleeds into next week's practice. It really does. You always remember your first one, and Bruce Arians knowing he appreciated his first victory ever as Buccaneers head coach, albeit a preseason victory, his first victory inside Raymond James Stadium. Of course, he was alluding to Jameis Winston and Mike Evans soaking in that fourth quarter comeback as Ryan Griffin led the troops and Matt Gay, the hero of the day, with the game-winning 48-yard field goal. Welcome in to another rendition of A Few Extra Bucks, our Bucks podcast here on Pewter Pirates. Com. A lot to get to. We're going to do our first installment of Rank and File. We're going to rank Jameis Winston against every starting quarterback in the NFL. You'll have to stick around for that. Is he Jason Light or Jason Lucky? We'll talk about his contract extension for the Buccaneer GM, and we'll get into the Bucks kicker and uh, more sound with Jameis Winston. And of course, if you stay all the way to the end, we have a more likely segment. So, Justin Thomas, we got a packed show, my producer, don't we? Yeah, this could be uh, one of the best ones yet. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Uh, Roy Cummings, we sat next to each other and saw history, Bruce Arians' first victory as Buccaneers head coach. And uh, I had to wake you up. You had to wake me up for about uh, three-plus quarters, but that was a pretty good finish. And I think all in all, um, you know, you can't evaluate or get too high or too low with a lot of positions, I think except for kicker, because A, the Bucs have struggled for so long, and B, this is a guy, Matt Gay, they drafted and you can kind of put him in those game-like situations, especially a game winner. And if he steps up like that, I think it's uh, a reason to celebrate a little bit. Yeah, I do too. Uh, look, 55-yarder in the first exhibition game, now a game winner from 48 yards uh, on a, in tough conditions. I mean, obviously, in, not a you know not a, a dry field. It was a wet field, wet ball, the whole bit. So, um, you know, I think he's been challenged uh, almost as you know. I, I hate this, you know, after a couple of games, almost as much as you're going to be challenged in the NFL. Uh, granted, the real pressure is going to be different when he gets into a game uh, that matters. But, uh, you know, for, for exhibition season, being asked to kick from 55 yards and being asked to kick a game winner uh, with 48, from 48 yards on a, on a uh, not ideal uh, surface, I think that says a lot about who this kicker is. And look, it just confirms everything we've seen in, in training camp workouts. Uh, this guy's pretty strong and uh, a tremendous leg um fairly accurate it seems uh i think they may have finally found themselves a kicker here and it's about time the bucks were more than due to find a place kicker uh, matt gay we mentioned it the game winning 48 yarders had a 55 yarder i had a chance to catch up with him after the game and first off uh, ask him about his pressure and he also talked about what that game winning kick meant your confidence, though, having a kick like this in that kind of situation? Uh, obviously, it builds it. I mean, every time you see ball go through the uprights, it, it builds your confidence to have a game winner like that. Um, to have your first one, really, uh, in the NFL is, is huge. I mean, that just boosts you way up. I mean, lets you know that you can do it. You can be here. You belong here in the NFL. And uh, I think that's what everyone in this locker room is waiting to, to find out, that they belong here and that they deserve to be here. And, that's kind of what it felt like tonight. Finally, you Matt, it. do you feel like you've always embraced pressure? I mean, you're a draft pick. You're a guy who's had a lot of pressure coming into this mm-hmm. camp. It seems like you haven't flinched since you've been here. No, I I love the pressure. I mean, at a young age playing soccer growing up, I mean, you take those penalty kicks. I always wanted to be fifth. I wanted to be the last one to take them. I wanted the game on my hands. I wanted to be the one to seal the deal. And so I've carried that mentality throughout my whole life. Um, grew up the youngest of, of eight kids, and so I kind of had to have that mentality with them as well. And so... I mean, to be in this league, to be a kicker in this league, you've got to have that mentality. You've got to embrace the pressure and overcome it. I mean, you can't shy from it. you got to attack it. Roy, I love the confidence. Uh, you know, a lot of kickers are confident, but they don't get it done on the field. He doesn't sound like a rookie to me. 
No, he doesn't. Uh, in fact, uh, he showed a little bit of veteran savvy uh, after he conducted that interview. He walked away for a few minutes, and uh, just as uh, we were coming back from uh, talking to Bruce Arians after the game, it was funny how uh, Matt Gay came up to a, a bunch of people in a media scrum coming out of that press conference and said, oh, hey, by the way, I just want to make sure everybody knows that you know that's not just me kicking that ball there. That I uh, got a great snap, great hold. It's a unit, you know, and if it weren't for those guys, uh, that ball doesn't go through the upright. So a little veteran savvy there coming back and making sure that he uh, <laughs> gives the uh, credit to his uh, – to his battery mates, so to speak, in that uh, in that kicking group. So uh, a little veteran savvy. But you're right, I love the confidence. And, hey, you know what, he should have plenty of it because this is a guy who's uh, done nothing but uh, good things since he's come here. So um, he should be building a lot of confidence. It's shown on the field. That's what's most important. Well, Roy, the only Buccaneer who had a better week than Matt Gay was general manager Jason Light. A, it seems like he has finally found a kicker, and he gets a contract extension I personally don't agree with the move. I think it's too early, you know, but I also think that when Bruce Arians came aboard, Jason Light was the reason. And Bruce Arians even said it this week. He doesn't even, he was shocked that the news, you know, wasn't leaked earlier. This apparently uh, was the decision was made months ago. I don't think it's a good move. What say you, Roy Cummings? Well, I think it's, I think it was a move that probably had to be made in order to secure Bruce Arians. I don't think Bruce Arians wanted to come in and have to go through a bunch of regime changes. I think he wanted to come in and know that at least during his first tenure here, during the four or five years that he's going to be here uh, or hopes to be here, that he's going to have he's going to, he's he's going to have everybody around him that he wants. And he came here not just for Jameis Winston and not just because he could get Todd Bowles uh, running his defense and Byron left to run his offense, but he came here because he knows Jason Light, he trusts Jason Light. He likes Jason Light's ability to find talent. And a lot of fans and, and obviously media members, and Mike, you're right there, you know, disagree with it. But, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, show me the one uh, free agent that Jason Light signed that when he signed him, you said that was a mistake. Uh, I don't think there were any. And in terms of the draft, I think the, the, the record's a little bit better than people want to give him credit for. Um, yeah, he's missed on some. There's no doubt. He's missed on some high, high picks. Uh, certainly, Roberto Aguayo didn't, didn't work out. But you know what? You don't judge players based on one or two years in the draft. You base them on where they are uh, you know, after three, four years. And so let's see where they go from here. There's a, and, and here's one, one last thing on Jason Light. He did not pick Lovey Smith. He came in when Lovey Smith was already in place as a general manager. Had very little to do with building that team. That was, that was Lovey Smith's team. Lovey Smith had the power to pick the players he wanted. Jason Light was really just kind of a guy to, you know, make sure that they had some scouting in place and, uh, and signed contracts. He didn't really pick Dirk Cutter either because at that time what the Bucks wanted to do and, and what the Glazers were looking to do was avoid losing Dirk Cutter, one of the best offensive coordinators in the game, uh, and, and a, a guy who had obviously done – things that no one else had done with the Bucks' offense to that point. And the only way to do that was to make him your head coach. So he didn't have a choice in that matter either. This is the first coach that he's had a chance where the Glazers actually went to uh, to uh, Jason Light and said, who do you want? Who, who's the best coach we can get? And he said, give me Bruce Arians. And it worked out for him. So, you know, I'm not saying that you you don't judge Jason Light on what, it's, what has happened before, but I do say this. I think – the real truth of what Jason Light is as a general is as a general manager kind of begins a little bit now because he's finally got a coach 
that he wanted uh, 100%, knew, knows it's a head coach, and, I, and I, I do think he's done a little bit better job in the draft than people want to give him credit for. Well, I, I disagree on, on a few points there because, to me, Mark Dominic had less money to spend. The Glaziers kind of ponied up money with Jason Light, and they virtually have the same record after Jason Light's tenure here. And another point, you know, to me, you know, you're, if you're a bad football team, Roy, often you're, you're pretty, you have pretty good cap space. The Bucks are predicted to, to win five or six games by most people this year. They have a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball, and they're terrible in terms of the cap right now. I just think, you know, Jason Light, you know, I just don't think he deserves it. I mean, five years, it's ridiculous to me based on his track record. I mean, Jason Light's won zero playoff games as a general manager. You see GMs fired all over the NFL in much less time than Jason Light, and he gets a five-year extension. I mean, I think it's kind of unprecedented in a lot of ways. I get it. And, and, and you, again, I know I'm in the minority on this and you're in the majority, I'm sure of it. Um, but again, I'll say this. You look at the Arizona Cardinals right now. Their last five first-round draft picks have been busts. You look at the New England Patriots. Nobody even really notices the, miss, the misses that Bill Belichick has or the guys that he drums out of New England after a year or two who are top three-round picks. Um, you know, his track record isn't all that great either. I think if you break it down, if you really break it down and look at the number of players that Jason Light has drafted, and and I understand, look, I, I understand the record, and, and, and that is, you know, I'm not trying to defend that. That's not good. But um, I think if you look at the draft, and you, you could probably compare Jason Light's draft with take any other team in the NFL, and you'll see that he's really not that much different than any team be it the Bears, the Chargers, the Chiefs, take your pick. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, there's no question, this, is, this was something I, I believe that was all part of uh, making sure that Bruce Arians was happy coming here and confident he was going to stick around. So uh, Jason Light, um, you know, bought himself a life here. But at the end of the day, he's going to have to produce now for sure. So I think, uh, you know, we'll see what he's made of now. Well, he had Mike Evans, he had Quan Alexander. Uh, Donovan Smith's kind of debatable on me. And, and Jameis Winston and Vernon Hargraves, to me, are a big part of Jason Lucky's legacy. I mean, if Jameis Winston turns into a great quarterback of Bruce Arians and Hargraves turns his career around, those drafts look a little bit better. But if those guys continue to play the way they've been playing, he's definitely Jason Lucky for sure. Well, okay, well, you know, right. but before, before you go any further, though, I see what you're saying. And first of all, if – if the Bucks had taken Marcus Mariota number one, Winston would have gone number two. Uh, if the Bucks didn't take Vernon Hargraves at number eleven, he would have gone in, at number twelve or thirteen. If they didn't take, you know, you can and, and same with Noah Spence and, and Roberto Aguayo would have been gone by the third round. Um, that's that's how those drafts were falling. Jason Light didn't take anybody out of order, uh, so ridiculously high out of order that that. Uh, someone else wasn't going to come up and move and, and, and take that player. He's also done a damn good job, I think, of getting value out of those first-round picks because he's traded down into positions and still allowed the Buccaneers to get the player they wanted. Uh, and, 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 again, these are players who have, you know, maybe they all haven't worked out exactly how you hope. Yeah, but, but Roy, Vita Vea, the jury's still out. Derwin James is injured, but right now that looks like it was a whiff on Jason Light's part. And another thing is – with Dirk Cutter and the way they play defense, 
Hargraves really didn't match that defense. To me, as a GM, you got to work with your head coach and understand the kind of scheme that you're dealing with. And he hasn't drafted guys to the scheme. Now, that seems to be turning around a little bit. But it looks like, you know, the, the DBs that he drafted potentially, you know, under Dirk Cutter, now he had to redraft DBs for Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians. And you just can't do that in this league. You can't have ways to draft. I mean, you mentioned Bill Belichick. I'll take Bill Belichick's record over anybody in this league, especially Jason Lights. I mean, I think Jason Light's a nice enough guy, but he no way he deserves a five-year extension. But he has Bruce Arians, and that's his carrot. That's pretty transparent. But there are so many whiffs with Jason Light. And, yeah, I would have picked Jam- Jameis Winston over Marcus Mariota. I get that. But Vernon Hargraves, you know, it's debatable on whether that was the right pick. O.G. Howard fell into his lap. Quan Alexander was a great pick. I would say if there's one case you can make for Jason Light, it's the guys he's, he's picked up after the draft the Cam Brates, the Adam Humphreys, but within the draft, he's got drafts where they don't even have starters basically anymore. He, he has a couple all pros and that's about it. That kind of track record, I'm sorry, you just don't deserve an extension. Well, you expect starters out of your first three picks, the first three rounds, then you're looking at, uh, at depth players and then you're looking at special teams guys. So um, I think when you break it down like that, his track record is as good as almost any – okay, it's not as good as some, but it's not as bad as a lot of people want to make it out to be. Um, look, Noah Spence has started for this team when he's been healthy. Um, Vernon Hargrave starts for this team when he's healthy. You can't predict injuries. Because they're um, bad, Roy. And the argument because they're bad, though. That I don't, could Noah Spence start for anybody else in this league? Yes, he could. In a 3-4 scheme, he could. And, uh, and I'll say this about – and you're right about – you know, going going through and drafting, redrafting, sec, you know, players in the secondary. You're right, but I've said it a thousand times. When you change coaches, you change schemes, and you change players, and that's what's happened here. And it's happened twice with Jason Light. It's happened twice because they've changed schemes three times in the five years that he's been here running the show. So, um, if you want to even say he's running the show, this is all I'm saying is this is the first time he's had a coach that he really had a hand in in bringing here. Um, he may be here still because of that coach. Maybe that maybe he's you know calling in a favor here. Um, but again, I say we judge him on what we see from this point on because um, again, I, I think I think that you know just Bruce Arians brings something that the other coaches didn't have. I, I will just agree to disagree. I just see a lot of head coaches that have come through here, and I and I see the the way they've come through. And Jason Light wasn't a part of picking Levy Smith, but. But, you know, I don't know. Bruce Arians, he's better thank his lucky stars. Bruce Arians is here. And, of course, they have that relationship. But uh, as Bruce Arians mentioned, this happened a long time ago, but it just kind of came out this week. All right, let's move to the quarterback, Jameis Winston, such a big part of this football team. And we talked about doing this a couple weeks ago. We've gotten kind of crazy during camp with a lot of storylines. We don't have music for this, Justin Thomas, but I'm going to bring both of you guys back in. Kind of a rapid-fire thing. Uh, I've always been a Jameis Winston supporter. And my gut has always told me Jameis Winston will do well in this league. And my gut's been wrong a few times because I thought he was past his character issues. I thought he was past his bad decision-making. My gut, once again, thinks Jameis Winston is going to have a good year because Bruce Arians is the perfect coach for him. Which leads me to this, though. Jameis Winston is one of 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. Now, the Dolphins' situation's kind of muddled a little bit. And, and potentially the Redskins' situation is, too. But I'm going to go with uh, the quarterbacks who were on the first-team depth chart in both those cities. But we're going to break down all the quarterbacks in the NFL, guys, 
and see if Jameis, how many Jameis Winston, uh, how many teams you would take their quarterback over Jameis Winston. Does that make sense? Yes. I get it, but I think we can probably eliminate uh, a few okay. right off the top. Well, we're going <laughs> to gonna, gonna do over, that. Uh, we're going to do that, okay? I, over the guy in New Orleans okay, or Green I got Bay. You. Or, I'm uh, with you. I got, the, I got Brady. I got Breeze. I got Mahomes. I got Rodgers. Uh, you, you want those guys over Jameis, right? Yes. I do, and, and yes, I would take Mahomes over Rodgers. Right, I'm sorry, over – over James right okay. now, too. Yeah. Okay. I would. We're going to make this quick for our listeners. Uh, this will be kind of fun. It's called Rank and File. We're doing it with Jameis Winston, and we'll do it with other players down the road. Would you take Jameis Winston over these quarterbacks? Okay, my second run of quarterbacks in the NFL, guys. We admit Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, and Rodgers kind of upper echelon. Here's my second run. Big Ben, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford. Would you take Jameis Winston over any of those guys? All of them. Roy? You starting with me? Well, do you put you take Jameis Winston over any of those quarterbacks? Big Ben, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Phillip Rivers. I would probably take him over everybody but Russell Wilson. And here's why. What? Wow. He's younger. Are you He's serious? Younger. He's younger. And I don't know how much more – Look, Roethlisberger's having a hard time staying healthy and getting to the playoffs. Um, Phillip Rivers, same thing. Uh, he's near the end. Matt Ryan's your guy. Well, I like Matt Ryan a lot. I would, I would, I would not take him over Matt Ryan. I, I would take, I would keep Matt Ryan. I would take Matt Ryan, and I would take Russell Wilson over Winston. But I would not take Winston over the other guys because Winston's still got upside, where the other guys are probably probably plateaued. And can they still get me to the playoffs? Yes. But who am I looking at, um, you know, to get me the next through the next five years? I'll take Winston, but not over Matt Ryan and not over Russell Wilson. This is about to get very interesting. Wait, so wait, you would what take, were the others? You would take Jameis Winston over Matthew Stafford? I think I would because I don't think Matthew Stafford – look, Matthew Stafford puts up some great numbers, but uh, he's not getting to the playoffs on a regular basis uh, either. So um, – I don't know. I he, like the he's gotten play. them to the playoffs uh, sooner than the Bucks have been. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. But you know, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Okay. Well, so far you have Big Ben, you have Andrew Luck, and you have Matthew Stafford behind James. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's about to get very interesting here. I'm going to go one by <laughs> one here because we're going to the next rung. We have uh, the next rung and then another one and then the bottom rung. And so, Jameis, if he's already getting three, Jameis, you're, you're sitting pretty with Roy Cummings potentially. I, I'm with Justin. I don't have anybody um, behind Jameis Winston yet. You know, before we go any further, let me just say this. Let me just point something out. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably heard me say this a couple of times. I'm just going to point out that through his first four years in the NFL, Jameis Winston has more touchdown passes and more yards thrown than all but eight other quarterbacks in NFL history. Okay? So go on now. Go to the next room. Yeah, but how many turnovers does he have compared to this? Uh, Okay, how many times has he had a lead? And how many times did Terry Bradshaw have a chance to put up these kind of numbers? I mean, that's kind of a misleading stat that the PR department likes to throw out there to me. That you- I think it's I think it's legit. You base quarter you, look. You base your your evaluation of quarterbacks if you're going to do it statistically on touchdown passes, yards, interceptions, completion percentage. Those are the big numbers, right? 
Completion percentage gets better every year. Yards and touchdowns, again, ninth all time, all time through four years, okay? And by the way, we're talking about numbers better than Hall of Fame quarterbacks, okay? Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And, right. uh, and yeah, he's, he's turned the ball over a lot. That's an area he's got to clean up. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but we're, but you know we're in different. Same issue, turning the ball over throughout his entire career. And uh, everybody would take Brett Favre over just about almost any quarterback in NFL history. We're, so. we're in a different era, though. You can't compare previous eras of Hall of Fame QBs to this era now. I get it. I get it. All right, let's let's move forward here. I'm going to go right. one by one now because uh, Justin and I have zero so far. Roy has three. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Would you take Jameis over Baker Mayfield? Yes. Wow. I, I probably – I would at this point too, I think. Would you I, really? I haven't seen oh enough God. from Baker, and yeah. I think Baker's just as immature as Jameis has shown to be, so – no, I, I, Ditto. I, I, I don't think he's as immature. I mean, he doesn't. He, he he's a wild guy, but he doesn't get arrested. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference between chugging a beer and doing the Uber and doing all the things Jameis has been accused of. I'll definitely. I'm not. Him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give up on Jason. I'm not gonna give up on Jameis Winston for a guy who's had one good year. Yeah, I agree on that. And we're still not sure but about he's only his work. One year. <laughs> it's one for one. But that's what I'm saying. Because of that, I'm I would. But that's it. Right, I'm right, sorry. I would, that one year is not good enough. All right. I, I agree. Based on what I know about him off the field and work habits and scouting reports and durability and What's that kind of thing. What's wrong with his work habits? What's that? What's wrong with his work habits? Well, you talk to people around the league, and, and they'll tell you that they're not they're not sure he's got the work habits that that you that they want. Not they're not I sure think. he's the guy who's going to you know be in the building for you know at five o'clock in the morning and. And busting his ass to make, to get better. They're not sure of, that, that he'll be that guy. Okay. I haven't heard that. Um, let's go Jared Goff over Jameis Winston. I would take Jared Goff. I would too. I would take Jared Goff in this case. Uh, I, 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 but I'll tell you what. <laughs> after his first year, there was an, you know I, when I talk, when I think about Jared Goff, that's when I that's when I kind of laugh sometimes at people who who are starting to tear down Ronald Jones about you know what a how he's a bust and Ronald Jones is never going to be any good in this league. It's like, you know what? A lot of people are saying that about Jared Goff after his first year in the league. You just can't base too, too much. even though I just did it on, uh, <laughs> on Mayfield. but you yeah. can't put too much on one. Exactly. Team. Turn around say that. All right. Football player. Okay. Jameis is over for me. Uh, Justin has Baker. Uh, Roy still has, Roy has four quarterbacks um, that Jameis would beat out. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll take Jameis Winston. Um, you know, I haven't seen uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo has not impressed me. I think I would take Jameis as well. This is really tough, but Jameis, you finally won. I take I take a Jameis Winston over Jeremy Garoppolo. I think uh, it's going to be an interesting season for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, let's see what he does when healthy and away from New England, and especially they play each other in that first game. So Jameis – I think you won across the board. Isn't there. this his thir- his third year from New England, though? I mean, no, this is really his. He he his won down the stretch. Year. Yeah, he, he won down the stretch in San Francisco. Then he basically was hurt all last year. So this is his third year. But it's kind of to me really that first full year yeah, that's because true. He, he because he's he had the off season with uh, and he, you know he's kind of learning the new system out there too. All right, Deshaun Watson. I take Deshaun in a heartbeat. Me too. 
Yeah, I think I would Roy? take Deshaun Watson. Was that hard, Roy? Well, I'm just a little. <laughs> well, I'm just a little bit concerned about his style. I don't know. If Roy, I'm, are you enjoying this game? What's that? Are you enjoying this game? Yeah, <laughs> I am. I, I'm. I'm just a little bit concerned about Deshaun Watson's style as a player. I. I, I don't yeah. look. His athleticism is 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 ridiculous. Uh, his skill set is ridiculous. I just don't know how sturdy he can be. Um, one mm-hmm. one of the things I like about Jameis Winston is he can stand in there and take a beating and survive it. The only issue he's ever had is, was an arm issue, and that was a result of you know again here's the, the guy getting out there and running and you know trying to make a play out of something, and he uh, he took a took a bad hit and took a uh, an awkward fall, but. Other than that, uh, this guy's been pretty sturdy. Uh, so uh, I, I concern myself with that with, with Deshaun Watson a bit. Jameis think- Winston, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast, Jameis Winston, Roy Cummings should be your favorite member of the media. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Okay. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, ooh. I, yeah, I'd probably take Carson, yeah. I worry about the injuries, but when healthy, there's there's no way I, there's no way I pick Jameis over him. Roy, I take Jameis Winston, and you just said why the injuries, <laughs> the injuries, and, and by the way, look when the Eagles have, the, I mean, it, it's not Carson Wentz getting the Eagles to the playoffs or getting them deep into or getting them to the Super Bowl. Okay, that that quarterback's in Jacksonville, and he's coming. He's coming up the list he, in a second. He, think about he him. He was a backup that everybody gave up on. I, yep. I, I'm not so sure that the Eagles' best quarterback is in Philadelphia anymore. I think they gave him away to the, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, look, I like Carson Wentz a lot. I think he's a, a talented player, but he's having trouble staying healthy, man, and availability matters. And, Justin, you take Carson over Jameis? Yeah, I would. I'm, I agree with the his injury history is concerning, but uh, I, I would take that gamble. If we're, You're listening about, to Rankin. if we're talking about skill set only and execution, yeah, I'm taking Carson Wentz. But I just don't know that I can count on Carson Wentz being there for 16 weeks out of a season. I, I At this point, I'm pretty sure I can rely on Jameis Winston being there as long as he doesn't do something stupid off the field, which I think is behind him. And Okay. Dak Prescott. I'd take Jameis. Wow. Wow. Okay. Roy, uh, this one's a bit of a toss-up for me. Um, mm-hmm. Rank and file, baby. We're loving the rank and file. You know, this, I think Dak's overrated. You know, I, I I sort of agree with you, Justin, but I also think that he's got. I I, I liken him a lot to Russell Wilson, which means, and by that I mean, he, and almost like Jason Win, J, Jason, uh, James Winston, he's a guy who I think finds a way to get the job done. He's benefited immensely from the fact that, you know, his first year they had a tremendous running game. He's got a tremendous offensive line. I don't think Jameis Winston benefits from any of that. And that's part of my reasoning here. Jameis Winston benefits from nothing. He's got a crap offensive line. He's got no running game. He's got no defense. He's had no kicker. Um, and yet he still finds a way to get the job done, his job. Uh, unfortunately, Chase tries to take too much on himself. I, this one's a bit of a toss-up for me. Based on the fact that 
he's been able to build confidence and probably figured out a way to win in the NFL the way you're supposed to win as an, an NFL quarterback. I think I would take Dak Prescott over Jameis, but Justin, I'm right there with you. I think he's a little bit overrated, but I think I would take him because I think the intangibles right now allow for Dak Prescott to have a better future going forward that when the tough times hit, he's going to know how to act as a quarterback, whereas Jameis has still got the belief that it's all on my shoulders, which, by the way, it is, and it always has been here in Kansas. <laughs> well, I like the fact that Dak Prescott came in as a uh, very low draft pick, really you know, pushed Tony Romo into retirement, and yeah, he has a lot more weapons, but it's a big stage in Dallas. He showed a lot of poise early. I think you know he's only going to get better, but I agree. I, I take a Dak over Jameis. You take uh, Jameis over Dak, Justin? Yeah, I, okay. I, I just I think Dak lives and dies by the run game, and when Ezekiel Elliott is playing, Dak looks so much better. And it just seems like when Zeke's not in, or or if they can't run the ball, that's to me when Dak struggles. And Roy, you take Dak over Jameis. I think I would, and again, just because I think he's learned. I think Jameis Winston, unfortunately, and, and Justin just hit on it. Justin, you, 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 you almost made my point for me. If Jameis Winston could live and die by the running game or the offensive line in front of him, he'd be a different quarterback right now. We wouldn't be talking about all the picks because I think at least a third of them, if not nearly half of them, would be eliminated because he wouldn't have to make throws that he makes and end up getting picked because – you know, he's behind and trying to play catch up. Um, but I think Dak Prescott has learned as a result of that support system how to play quarterback effectively and at a winning level in the NFL, whereas I'm not sure J- James Winston has figured that out yet because he hasn't had right. a chance to figure that out. All right, we got a lot of names. This is really going to get interesting now. Um, before we get to the next rung of quarterbacks, let's finish out this third tier. Cam Newton, guys. Would you take Jameis over Cam Newton? No. Roy? Uh, no. Okay, me, me either. All right, let's go to the next rung. This is really going to be fun. We have this rung, and then we have the low rung. And uh, Jameis has gotten a lot more support than I thought he would at this point, so I think the numbers will only continue to grow. Uh, Kirk Cousins or Jameis Winston? Ooh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to take – how about this, guys? I'm going to take Winston over Cousins. Because wow. I think he's I think he's better. I'm taking Kirk Cousins. Roy and I aren't agree aren't gonna agree on a squat in this podcast. I'll take Kirk Cousins and here's why. Because we when he's had a good team around him and support from upper management and the coaching staff, he's proven to be a pretty good quarterback. Uh, again, a guy who knows how to win, knows how to manage a game properly, knows the how most to most overpaid play. quarterback in the history of the NFL, though, probably. Say it again. Probably the most overpaid quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yeah, but you know what? That's what happens when you when you knock it out of the park uh, yeah. going into free agency. Yeah, uh, good, for good for him. All right, so you pick Cousins over Jameis, Justin? Yeah, I will. This is tough. I um, oh, this is almost a, a coin flip for me. We got a lot of names. We got to move. All right, I, I I would say Cousins. I think. Okay, you take Cousins over Jameis. Okay. Yeah. All right, um, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston? Come on, is it really even a question? <laughs> yeah, I'd I take Winston. Okay. 
I, I think Andy Dalton loses all three of us here. I'm keeping tabs here, guys. Rank and file. I'm keeping close stats here. Eli Manning or Jameis Winston? Ooh, current Eli Manning, I'd take Winston. I'd take Jameis Winston over Eli Manning. I can't take Jameis Winston over Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers because of their age and, and the fact that they're, they they probably hit the point in their career when they're on the downslide. And, and then take him uh, and then not take him over Eli Manning. So, look, I'm not sure Eli Manning is going to start week three of the NFL regular season in, in New York with uh, a rookie you know, behind him. So I'll take Jameis Winston. Roy Cummings using precedence on rank and file. I love it. <laughs> Moving forward. Okay. Nick Foles, baby, or Jameis Winston? Right now, I'm taking Nick Foles. I don't know. Nick Foles to me is like the – anti Peyton Manning. He seems to not do well in the regular season and then just turns it on in the post. Or the anti Jameis Winston. Yeah. <laughs> if he could get there. Um, I don't know. I, I, Nick Foles has done some amazing things. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if he's as consistent as I would like. That's a so tough you take Jameis over Foles. Oh, I think, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I would. Okay. Roy. I'm taking Jameis Winston because I think Nick Foles is a rich man's case Keenum. Ooh, yes, that's a great oh, analogy. Oh, I think, I think he's, good it. For a, he's good for a few games. He's really good in the clutch. No doubt about that. Um, but I think he's only good for five, four, five, six games tops. Uh, if you need him over 16 games – He's not going to get you where you want to go. If he can be, you know, he can he can come in like a, a good strong relief pitcher and and keep you in the game till the you know till the bats come alive, but and make some plays for you. But at the end of the day, I just don't think he's the guy to carry you uh, over the course of a season and through the playoffs. Uh, he can carry you through the playoffs, but I don't know if he's the guy who can get you there as your starter. All right, right. That's exactly how I see him. Right now, Roy Cummings has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine quarterbacks. He would pick Jameis Winston over. Justin has one, two, three, four, five, six, and I have four. And I think the numbers are going to be added to the list here. Joe Flacco or Jameis Winston? I'd take Jameis. Roy? Jameis Flacco's already out of a job for the most part. Right. Uh, right. He's, he's hanging on. Okay. I take, I take Jameis over Flacco. As well, Derek Carr or Jameis Winston. I I like the potential in Carr. Um, I I think I would take Carr over Winston. He's kind of like Jameis Winston, and he's like the Jameis Winston yeah. of the AFC. He's with a bad football team. He's made some mistakes. He's had some up and downs, but you see potential. And right now, I got to say, you know, I like Derek Carr, but I would take Jameis Winston over Derek Carr. Wow, this is interesting because I would take Derek Carr over James. Oh Winston. my God, <laughs> Billy Joel or Elton John? Oh, that's right. Man. That's right. How about that? Uh, no, I would. I would. I, I would take Derek Carr, and, and because I think, and you just pointed out, Mike, I think he's learned his lessons um, about how you you can't, despite the fact that you 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 know it's all on your shoulders when you got a bad team around you, you can't go and try to do more than what your job is. You can't make up for a 17-point deficit with one throw. And I think he gets that, whereas Jameis Winston has yet to prove to us that he does get that. And I'm not sure that he ever will. 
But uh, I think Derek Carr has shown that, uh, although I do think he's about to slide because of John Gruden. That's my tipping point. Uh, Jameis has Bruce Arians. Derek Carr has uh, Chucky. Uh, good luck, Derek, and congratulations, Jameis. Okay, we're here at the uh, bottom rung of rank and file. I hope you listeners have enjoyed this because I really have because I feel like if I throw anything against the wall, Roy and I are going to disagree. But we may agree on some of these. This is kind of the lower rung, a lot of up-and-comers, a lot of guys who haven't proven themselves. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky or Jameis Winston? I'll lead off. I like Trubisky a lot. I think he doesn't get enough credit. I think he's a really kind of a dual guy. He's pretty accurate. He makes good decisions. He's good on his feet. Right now, I like what I've seen out of him. The Bears don't have a lot of splash on offense, but he's won some games for them and took them to the playoffs already. I like Trubisky over Winston. I think I need another season before I would pick Trubisky over Winston. Roy? Yeah, I think I agree with uh, I, I agree with both of you. I, I like what I've seen out of Trubisky, but I'm just not sure I'm ready to buy on him just yet. I'm, I, I believe Jameis Winston can still get better and can and will always be an impact player. But um, I, I'll take Winston in a I'll just just a, a slight nudge over uh, Trubisky here. And Justin, you had Derek Carr or Winston? I can't remember. I had Derek Carr. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, Sam Darnold. Roy loved this guy coming out of college. I, of course, love Baker Mayfield, and I got to say I loved him even more when he chugged beers the other <laughs> night. That's a whole other story. Sam Darnold or Jameis Winston? I think, I think Sam Darnold has the potential to be really good, but as of now, at this moment, I would pick Winston. Nice. Yeah, I'm taking Winston too, and here's why. Yeah, I, I love Sam Darnold's makeup, um, but you know what? I watched an awful lot of him his senior year at USC. And what I saw was a guy who consistently, in my opinion, failed to make the play that needed to be make, made to either get his team back in a game or nail down a victory. I, I just, I mean, eventually he got it done, but I just saw a guy who just sort of struggled to make that play. And I, I think there's a lot of people in love with Sam Darnold, because of his size and his, his background and his just the intangible makeup, uh, because he's got all that. But I think when it comes to execution, I, I always just – I sort of felt like and, – and, and, again, we saw it in, in, with the Jets last year. And, again, it's only one year, so I don't want to put too much on it. But we just saw like an, kind of an inability to make the big play when you really need it. Whereas with Jameis Winston, I think he's got an ability to make that big play. I mean – if Jameis Winston's going to be on a highlight film, it's probably him scrambling away from pressure, you know, for eight or eight or nine seconds, and then heaving the ball down the field uh, and finding an open receiver. So, and I don't see that kind of playmaking out of Sam Darnold just yet. So, I'm taking Jameis Winston here. Jameis with the rare sweep across <laughs> the board. I picked Jameis over Sam Darnold as well. All right, we go to Washington. This is kind of an interesting uh, quarterback deal up there. I think a lot of people see maybe Colt McCoy being the starter up there uh, while they get the rookie kind of going. Uh, Jameis Winston or Colt McCoy, I definitely take Jameis Winston in this one. Yeah, no contest. Yeah, no contest is right. Two sweeps in a row for Jameis Winston. He's on fire in this lower rung of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, we go to Buffalo, Josh Allen or Jameis Winston. I, if, if, I, if I'm going to pick Jameis over Sam Darnold, I'm picking him over Josh Allen. Yep. Yep. 
this is getting easier. I knew it would get easier. Roy came out of the gates firing. Okay, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, or Jameis Winston? Mm, Jameis. Jameis. Wow. Three. Lamar Jackson did a lot of running around last year. Everybody yeah. thought that was really cool. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that. What did he complete? About 38% of his passes? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take Jameis Winston. Speaking of running running for his life, Kyler Murray or Jameis Winston? Oh, Jameis, definitely. Jameis. Jameis is on friggin' fire in the lower rung of NFL quarterbacks. Two more, and I got to throw in this one. This is really interesting. I probably should have put this higher. Uh, Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston? i take Jameis over both those guys. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I would take him over both as well. I'm just putting Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. And <laughs> last but not least, in rank and file, and Jameis Winston, you're picking up some steam, my friend. Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota, his NFL draft buddy? <laughs> Ooh. Um, this is easy for me. I'm definitely picking Jameis here. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, I know Mariota's led them to the playoffs, but to me, I like Jameis Winston coming out of the draft. I think Jameis Winston's a better quarterback. And, and to me, if Jameis Winston, if Arians can really fix him and checking down and, and making the right decisions, I think Jameis, the reason I really like him over Mariota, especially in the draft, I think he's a clutch quarterback and he's more clutch than Mariota. I agree. You took the words out of my mouth. We really were arguing about Jason Lucky. We were going tooth and nail and rank and file. And then it's a big group hug for Roy Cummings and I at the end. (laughs) I'm going to tally this up, okay? Yeah. All right. For Roy Cummings, Jameis Winston, of the 31 quarterbacks in the NFL, he would take him over one, two, three, 18 of them. 18? Really? 18 of them. Justin Thomas, 15 of them. So basically, you take him over half. Yeah. Myself, he really picked up steam late. You probably got nine or so. You better be in the double digits. 13. Thirteen. There you go. 13. See? 18, 15, 13. 18, 15, 13. You know what kind of helped Jameis in my list? is I, I was the contrarian. I was the cousin's contrarian there at the end. All right. So I think Jameis Winston, if you ask you know, your average Bucks fan, I think they say this team will probably win five or six games. I like to throw this out there on Twitter, though, and ask Bucks fans, how many quarterbacks of the 31 in the NFL would you take over Jameis Winston? I think it'd be some interesting responses. I think, though, we have kind of a representative poll. I think it would be somewhere between me and Roy. It would be somewhere between 13 and 18, which is Justin Thomas, 15. Look at that. There you go. It's a rank and file, unscientific, but ah, very scientific in a lot of ways. Before we go to our favorite segment, more likely, uh, Roy Cummings and I were very busy in the locker room after the second preseason game. The third preseason game coming up, I can't wait to chug beers with Baker Mayfield when he comes in town. <laughs> That's going to be take place this weekend. But uh, Roy Cummings had a chance to talk to Jameis Winston about what he sees for himself in that third preseason game when the ones get the most reps in the so-called dress rehearsal. Jameis, excited to get into that third game and uh, get a chance to really play a little bit. Very excited. Very excited. Uh, it's been kind of like tease getting teased for one drive at a time, but uh, I'm very excited for the... Any goals for that game? What do you want to see personally from yourself? To get better. Get better and execute. Good story, Cummings. Jameis Winston, that was kind of the media scrum, but Cummings, as he always does, took control there and asked the big questions. All right, before we go, it's time for our favorite segment. 
More likely, baby. You know what? I'm not, I'm not a, a Jameis Winston hater. I'm kind of a disappointer. You know, I, I rooted for Jameis Winston coming to Tampa Bay. Kind of disappointed me off the field, disappointed me on the field a little bit. But I do think he's going to have a better season with Bruce Arians. How much better? We shall see. Which leads us to the first more likely, guys. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to think Justin's not copying off Roy's papers much, but I'm still going to let him go first. Uh, more likely, who's the biggest, ben- bigger beneficiary of Bruce Arians? Is it Jason Light or is it Jameis Winston? Um, I think you have to go with Winston. I mean, he's the one person that kind of controls the team, at least offensively. And if he can fix that issue, you know, who knows how many games they can win. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Jason Light, you know, what he's done – as Roy has said, you know, there's been some hits and some misses, but at the end of the day, Jace, uh, Jameis is the one who's running the team on the field. And so I think if he can fix that, that could be huge. That's very good analysis, Justin. Roy Cummings? It is good analysis, and I agree with Justin. I think it's I think it's Jameis Winston. And, you know, the reason being that, look, Bruce Arians, much like Dirk Cutter, was brought here for one reason. To, to fix Jameis Winston. I, I think the Buccaneers believe that you know, they've got holes, they've got areas they had to clean up, no doubt about it, but um, they've got a big investment in the quarterback, and I think they also realize that there aren't a whole lot of guys like that out there in the draft. You know, you've seen, l- look at what we just did. You know, none of us would take Kyler Murray over Jameis Winston. Nobody's taken Josh Allen or Josh Rosen over Jameis Winston. Uh, there's questions as to whether you would take Marcus Mariota. I mean, since that draft, I mean, who are the quarterbacks that you would take over Jameis Winston? Not very many. So um, I think that uh, Jameis Winston stands to benefit the most here because the Buccaneers realize that they've got an asset. Uh, and it's really just a matter of refining that asset. And uh, and that's what, uh, that's what Bruce Arians is here, much like why Dirk Cutter was here. And I think they just felt that, look, Dirk took him, took him this far, now Bruce is going to take him to the point where uh, it's uh, you know he becomes the player we always envisioned him to be. I, so I think it's definitely James Winston. I'm disagreeing with both you guys. Uh, James Winston, if he flops in Tampa, athletes who are you know are great, they get second chances. General managers, they often don't. And if uh, they do get a second chance, they got to kind of buy their time for a while. Jason Light is the biggest recipient of Bruce Arians. If Bruce Arians doesn't come to Tampa, I don't know if Jason Light how much longer he's here. Maybe the Glaciers buy him out, bring in a coach that wants full control, and he's unemployed. Who knows with his track record if he ever gets a general manager job again. Instead, he gets a five-year friggin' extension. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Bruce Arians and Jason Light, to me, that's the biggest beneficiary of, uh, of the new head coach. All right. The second more likely, kind of I like to go around the NFL for this one. Roy, I don't know if you had a chance to catch that Saints-Chargers uh, uh, game on Sunday. Did you see any of that? What segment was that again? Did you see the Saints Chargers game uh, on Sunday? You know what? I saw I saw the, the the end of it. Okay, so you saw the backup quarterback Taysom Hill. No, I did not. Okay, well Taysom Hill for the New Orleans Saints. He wears number seven, and it's kind of fitting because he's played seven different positions. The guy has played quarterback, of course, wide receiver, running back. He's returned kicks, asked the Bucks. He's blocked punts. The guy is unbelievable. Almost puts up 200 total yards. He enters right before the half against the Chargers, and he threw for nine straight completions down the stretch. And I know it's against the Chargers uh, 
you know, eight, eight team, but he led a victory. More likely, guys, Roy Cummings, you've covered the NFL for a while. I'm going to kind of flip-flop it. I don't know how much you've seen from Taysom Hill. You've seen him a little bit. But has there ever been, more likely, a more exciting backup quarterback in NFL history than Taysom Hill? Well, there probably has been. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson was a backup for a while uh, last year with Baltimore. But I'll tell you what, Taysom Hill just brings a – he's just a football player. And he's somebody like, you know – you don't see too many guys like him uh, in, in this league. You don't. First of all, you don't see too many quarterbacks who are allowed to do anything but play quarterback. Uh, the Saints, you know, aren't afraid that uh, you know, obviously because they're not leaning on him to be their 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 top quarterback. But so they use him in so many different roles. But I'll tell you what, there aren't this. I'll put it this way: I think he's worth the price of admission on a Saints team that's already got Drew Brees and some pretty good receivers, you know, so I, I would pay to, just to watch this guy play because you don't know what he's going to do next. You don't know where he's going to be. And it's, and it'd be fun to watch that stuff. So um, there's probably been more exciting quarterbacks that have been backups, but certainly no one more versatile. Justin Thomas, what say you? I was trying to look it up. Y'all can help me out. Was Doug Flutie before he started, uh, he, good, good he was call. a backup, right? Good call. Yes. yes. Sure. And Buffalo, because so, they picked up Rob Johnson, and they kind of went back and forth for a while. And then for other teams as well. The Bears, he came in and filled yeah, in. The Bears yeah. was – that's what I thought. So, I – I mean, Doug Flutie was an amazing player, especially for his size. Um, I have to agree with everything Roy said, though. I, I can't remember a player who can play so many positions. Like Roy said, I mean, he's just really good at football. He's so athletic. And, I mean, he's talented at everything he does. I don't know if he's good enough to be a starting QB, but he definitely deserves to be on any NFL team. That's how talented I think he is. Here's a way to look at it, guys. Is there a second-string player in the NFL that you would pay to see? That when you go to the game, you say, boy, I sure hope he plays. I can't wait to watch that yeah, guy. That's a good point. I don't that's know are. That's a great point. How many second-string any players are selling jerseys like he's probably selling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a big difference. And that's, that's what makes him special is he can do just about anything. And uh, he's like I said, he's to me, he's worth the price of admission. Sean Payton said something very interesting because he made a comparison and he said, he thinks that Taysom Hill is the fastest quarterback in NFL history besides Michael Vick. Now I would have picked Michael Vick as probably the most exciting backup quarterback when he came back from his jail sentence and he backed up Donovan McNabb. And then he took oh, over yes. those couple of years that he played in Philadelphia. Yeah. I remember he was playing out of his mind, maybe as good as anybody in NFL history. And I hate to be a prisoner of the moment with Taysom Hill. And I know Sean Payton's his head coach, but Sean Payton believes this guy could be kind of the modern day Steve Young. And you know what? I think this guy given time can be a starting quarterback in the NFL but right now, the challenge for him is he's got to get ready in the offense to be a starting quarterback, but also be receiver and running back. He throws the deep ball often when Drew Brees, you know, is, is counted on to do that. So he's he's given all these responsibilities in the offense. But I think when he is solely the quarterback, it'll be interesting to see what waves he makes. And I'll throw this out there, guys. What if Tim Tebow, I know he's not probably, definitely not the quarterback that Taysom Hill is, but if Tim Tebow would have agreed to play tight end, to kind of move around in an offense, I think he definitely would have extended his NFL career at least five or six years. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. 
no doubt. All right, final more likely, and I'll, I'll give Justin this because Justin and I talked about this earlier today. He doesn't know this is coming, but we all have our favorite <laughs> TV shows. I just got done with Mad Men on Netflix, and I really liked that show until the last season. They just uh, laid an egg, man. I thought the last season was just god-awful, and I thought the last show was god-awful. Um, what sitcom – I'm going to throw two out here, or it doesn't have to be a sitcom. It could be your favorite TV show. Were you more likely the most disappointed with its final season or its final show? I'm throwing out Seinfeld, Sopranos. I will say Mad Men because I loved that show until the last season. I thought the last show was terrible. So more likely, what do you say, Justin? It has to be those three. No, you can go off the board. Oh, cool. Um, I have to say, and this is very recent, but uh, I, I was I was very disappointed with the way Game of Thrones ended, especially if you would have asked me at the beginning of this last season, you know, if Game of Th- what was my favorite show, I probably would have said Game of Thrones. But the way it ended, uh, it would drop down significantly. So, of recent memory, that's probably the one I would choose. Roy Cummings. Uh, I'm going to go with Seinfeld. I thought it was one of the worst episodes ever. <laughs> one of the least, one of the most forgettable episodes ever. And, you know, there was so much built. You know, that's one of the problems is there's so much of a buildup nowadays uh, to the end of season or, 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 or shows. You know, they know the end is coming. They've had enough. They don't want to do it anymore. And so they got to have this special, you know, blowout where they turn off the lights or whatever, you know, like on Cheers or something. And, you know, and it's always a little disappointing. It, to me, I think you'd be better off just – just run a regular show, man. And if that's the end, that's the end. You don't have, we don't have to have closure. I didn't get closure on Dick Van Dyke. I didn't get closure on All in the Family. I, you know, I I, that's a good point. You know, yeah. So to me, I think there's uh, sometimes too much is put on these these final episodes, and I they, they probably overthink it. And I think that's what happened with Game of Thrones, Mad Men, uh, all of them. I, will... I, I, I agree. The only thing is I think what you said works better for sitcoms comedies whereas typically dramas or other type shows you do need some kind of closure uh, right you know like sopranos would be a, a good example versus seinfeld yeah seinfeld could have ended on you know any other episode and it probably would have been okay but if you were to just end randomly on a sopranos episode that didn't have closure you probably have even more fans upset at the way that ended I will say the best ending to a show I thought was Newhart when they woke up and it was all a dream. You know, I, thought, I kind of thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Roy, you know, rank and file, our first one. Uh, how'd you feel about it? I liked it, man. It's challenging. I like it. Uh, look, you're going to throw some controversial stuff out there. Some people are going to say we're nuts uh, for some of our picks and some people are going to say right on. So, you know, it's, uh, it's all opinion. Doesn't make any difference. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see. Let the players uh, play and let's let's see how it goes. I, I'll tell you what, it, it just, to me, it, it shows just how important the season this is ahead for Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers. There's an awful lot riding on, uh, on the, you know, on, on this season for, the, for that player and that team. So uh, let's see where it goes. I think we could have fun with Bruce Arians in rank and file. I think we could have fun with Mike Evans. You know, Bucks don't have a lot of marquee guys, but I think you kind of pick the either the most controversial or the upper echelon guys and rank and file them. 
among the NFL. Well, well, nice job, guys. I appreciate Justin Thomas pulling down the sound. I appreciate Roy Cummings disagreeing with all of my opinions in this podcast. <laughs> uh, you can check us out on all the platforms, on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and Google+. And uh, please subscribe to PeterPowers.com. We're going to release a great video wrap that Roy and I shot at Raymond James Stadium, kind of summarizing camp so far and also looking ahead to the Bucks' third preseason game, the dress rehearsal against the Cleveland Browns on Friday night. So for Justin Thomas and Roy Cummings, I'm merely Mike Neighbors. Thanks for checking us out, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.